Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the BU Podcast and today we have a very special guest. But before we get into the very special guest, I would like to remind you to subscribe to this podcast. Also, leave a comment what you think about the podcast. Also, rate our podcast. Also, send um, a link to a friend so that they can join this great conversation as well. But our, our guest today is Stax. Right, and Stacks is a gospel artist here in the Bahamas. By the way, I've been following um Stacks for a very long time, and he's really impacted me. And you know, it's a pleasure knowing him now because Lord knows that I wouldn't be able to afford you, Stacks. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, let's welcome Stacks in the podcast. Thank you, bro, for coming on. What's up? What's good? Thank you for having me, bro. I I officially made it now. I quit my job. Um, (laughs) It's a beautiful Yeah. Glad to be here. But thanks for coming on, bro. You are finally on the podcast. I think I invited you um, for the second episode. Now we are on, well, now when this episode will be posted, we probably will be on the um, the eighth or the ninth episode. But, you know, you're still here. Wow. You work, you, you work, you working, bro. Yeah, I I working, working, really working. But yeah, so I'm glad to have you on the podcast, like I said, but how was your quarantine going? How's been lockdown going? Because we are complete lockdown right now. We can't go nowhere. Well, to be honest, before the whole lockdown stuff, before all of this, you know, new way of living, Mm -hmm. I've always kind of lived um, introverted. So I'm kind of used to being home all the time. Yeah. But I guess it's a bit different now when it's a law that yeah. you have to be yeah. home all the time. I'm like, bro, before all of this, I was home all the time. And now I feel this, I feel the type of way because you're telling me to be home all the time. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been crazy, but it's been beautiful. A lot of, a lot of lessons. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I complain. So anything new you've been working on in quarantine? Or you just been bro, chilling? Bro, I, I, I've written a whole album. Kid wow. you no lie. Wow. I wanted to put out a 15-song album. And I wrote majority of it probably last month. I got about three songs <laughs> that I'm done. And it's going to be free. So I'm, I'm still a little bit nervous about that. Because yeah. it's like my first album. Gonna put out the album for free, but I it's feel gonna like be free. Yeah, you know, I, that's, I the, you like... know that's the first thing I hear because you know Bahamas like free. We like free. We like free. So that's the first thing I hear. I heard a loud and clear. Bro, I was watching this uh video between Pastor Mike Todd and Kirk Franklin, and yeah, like <clears throat> Pastor Mike, and he was saying, man, you know, sometimes it's not even about the gift; it's about the heart behind the gift. Wow. And he was like, you know, when was the last time did you put a hundred percent into something and give it and gave it away? Now wow. I battled with this because I'm like, like I started this thing when I was like 19. I'm about to be 29 this year, so that makes me like 10 years into this thing. How I'm gonna be in the, doing this music thing for 10 years in the Bahamas or 10 years on the whole? Yeah, and I'm gonna put out a long album and give it out for free. Right. And like, I I, re- I wrestle with it, but then I had a <laughs> thought. What if I was able to put this album out on a platform where every, regardless of the type of cell phone that you have, you know, yeah. you have an Android, have yeah. a, I, you can just click it and stream it and that's it. And I was like, okay. So I think I'm, I'm leaning towards putting out 
this 15 song project for free yeah wow that's awesome that's awesome and of course i'll be listening to it you know and everyone who listen on this podcast y'all gotta go listen to it but bro free <laughs> this podcast right now i do them for free and you know um if apple has somebody to charge on some people some someone please hit me up if apple have something where you could you know charge at least 99 cents for this you know what i mean but to make yeah money have to make but you know i've been following you for a long time and you rap really good i mean you rap with the most you know simplest thing sometimes even when i i was um you know listening to the rap that you did to pass the mic challenge you did it to two of his challenges and they were awesome so i want to ask you how did you start rapping because it's hard for me to rap it's really hard for me to rap even though i could be very good with words sometimes and i'm appreciate it's it's still it's still like i can't i can't rap for i don't have no rhythm nothing so i want to ask you how did you start rapping is this a gift you had long time ago or you were practicing to be honest bro like the more i look at my songwriting and the more i look at what i'm doing now <clears throat> i honestly believe and this isn't being like super deep or super super spiritual or you know but i honestly believe that this is going to sound so weird i i honestly believe that when god had purposed my life like, when i was in my mother's womb and he had a plan i kind of feel like he just kind of snuck that into my dna I honestly don't feel like it was just a skill that I woke up and decided that I wanted to do. So it was in fifth grade. Um, wow. You might be too young to know who this is, but this is rapper. His name is Bow Wow. No Bow Wow. <laughs> who don't know who Bow Wow is? Come on now. Who don't know who Bow Wow is? 215 or 16, bro. Bow Wow. Yeah, who don't know yeah. who that is? So I was about 10 years old in the <clears throat> fifth grade when he came out. And I was like, bro. I want to do that. That's when he used he's all have on, have on the bandanas. He was killing it on 106 in the park. I'm yeah. like, I want to be just like. I started writing raps in the back of my uh, school book, remixing other people's songs. Yeah. Then I went. When I went, no. Then I went to junior high school. Started beating on the desk, freestyling. And then when I went to junior high school, mm-hmm. one of my boys is like, "Oh, you can really rap. Let's record you and put you in a CD." So I'm like, "Okay, we going to the studio." He's like, "No, we're gonna record it on my cell phone." <clears throat> Wow. So <laughs> that was horrible quality. So in high, in high yeah. school, I got introduced to freestyling. So I would always be on my lunch break. We would have like this swarm of people, and all the administrators would be like, "Okay, a fight is going down." And when they come close to the circle, it's not a fight; it's actually a rap battle. So yeah. in high school, I was like, I freestyle a little bit. I can hang in the studio. Yeah. Okay, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And when I got saved, God just, that was it. Yeah. So it, it was discovered in the fifth grade. And then I perfected it up until the age of 19 to now. So, yeah, started yeah. pretty young, bro. Yeah, wow. And I, I could say, you know, almost my story is um similar with speaking. Well, people on this podcast, if you've been listening to the other episodes, you had a story a million times. But... When I first started speaking, I had a speech problem, right? And, and I was 12 years old with a speech problem. And because I had that problem, when I first started making my videos, I was cutting my videos. I was, it wasn't good quality editing, but it was still something. And people were still watching it. You know, only my, my movie was the only like I had. The only like and comment, go baby, I cheering you on. My number one fan, right? And then the other, my, my other family members started supporting me. But 
I started off with a speech problem and I used to literally say my name first. My name is Tariq Farrington. Then we'd stop the camera. Then we'd roll again. I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> I remember one time I was talking about um, taking advantage. I don't know what, but I have this video, right? I think I'm going to post it later. It's an embarrassing video. I say, my name is Tariq Farrington. I cut that. I say, today I'm going to be talking about taking advantage. And I cut that. I was like, Tariq, what are you talking about? Taking advantage of what? Right? Taking advantage of what? And bro, you know, just watching those videos back was like, I don't know how um, I could even stand in front of people and speak because I remember first having anxiety attack, not even knowing what to speak about, um, you know, and just like my videos to be cut right up. My videos used to be cut right up, bro. Um, I don't think we could hear you on Zoom. You get me now? Okay, yeah, we can hear you now. We good, yeah. we good. I was talking to someone in the background, and plus my, my sinus is coming in and out. I'm not trying to sneeze on, on, on <laughs> this um, this million-dollar podcast, so yeah, I'm in and out. Yeah. Bro, someone will be $5.99, $5.99 to listen to my podcast. <laughs> That's how big this podcast is going to be. But yeah, like I said. It, I, why not? Yeah. But like I was saying, I had a speech problem, and like as I, you know, practice. And as I went, um, you know, did more gigs, as I made more videos, I got so much better. And to this day, I don't know how, but it was literally like people were making fun of me at school. They were like, boy, you was an emotional speaker? Um, right, um, you know, at that specific time, they didn't know what a motivational speaker was. So they said, what you say you is, an emotional speaker? I was like, well, model, this thing will work out. And I was cutting my videos and editing my videos and I couldn't even say one sentence. So how could I inspire somebody like that? And so I was like really discouraged, not wanting to do it no more. So I didn't make videos for like a whole year. And then I came back and I said, hey, everybody, I'm making a new video. You know, I, I was busy with schoolwork, blah, blah, blah. I lied, but it was just, you know, I, I felt like I couldn't do it because I felt like I wasn't called because, you know, I had this specific speech problem. And so, yeah, but I asked you, you know, a few minutes ago, how did you start rapping, right? But the most important question connected to that question is what made you want to use your story in your raps? You mean my story, you mean like my journey, you yeah. mean before the fit or yeah, I mean, to be honest, bro. Uh, what I believe is I believe that transparency is a key component in anything that we do. Um, you want to talk Bible, uh, you know, one of those, I guess, prominent relationships in the Bible started with transparency. Uh, you know, it was so transparent to the point where when the man and woman had an, had an idea that they were naked, the question, who told you that you was naked? Because yeah. you know, the whole, found, whole foundation at that point was always transparent. So I never even saw you naked. I just... I just knew who you were inside. Like it was such like this this level of intimacy. So I feel like, me, man, your story is gonna change so much more people. If I'm not saying you open the door to your house and you let out everything, but I'm saying, if you're broken, yeah. you're on a journey, mm -hmm. but you're learning to stay hopeful in that journey. There is someone out there that's broken on a journey. And they need to stay hopeful in that journey. So, man, I just had this thought, like, wow, what if 
I was to go on a platform and share my story or a little bit of my story, maybe this is going to start something up and people are going to be impacted by it. Yeah. So that was it. That's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to, you know, set the pace for someone else to say, okay, I'm not alone. So that's, that was like the, the driving force behind it. And I, anyone that knows me knows transparent, bro. Like I don't, I don't hold back. Nothing. I'm, wow. That's just yeah. I had to yeah, ask that like... question because, you know, seeing your page and seeing how transparent you are and seeing how much topics that you hit in your raps was, you know, like a breath of fresh air because like in the Bahamas, like transparency isn't a big thing. Like a lot of people here, you know, I mean, all over the world, but I, I just know what here, you know, experiencing um, them, they just tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do, but not use their story to, you know, back that up. Like, for instance, I, 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 I listen to Mike Todd a lot, right? And he was talking about how, you know, in church, they only tell you not to have sex before marriage. But then the, the real question is why? And the next real question is how do I do that? Especially as a young person. So seeing how transparent you were um, in your raps and everything, it was, you know, like a breath of fresh air because something I've never seen in the Bahamas was transparency i've seen it you know everybody everywhere else but not here in the bahamas but what made you want to be a gospel artist and why i ask this question is because you know there's a lot of um people you know rapping out here about different things but what made you want to be a gospel artist how did that start yo that, that's a very that's a very good question because i am not a gospel artist i am someone that lives a life governed by the gospel and because I'm a rapper oh and because I'm gosh. a creative oh because I'm an artist creative or an or a artist um, everything that I do revolves around my relationship with God and what happens yeah. is we have a lot of people a lot of people out that say yeah man I'm a Christian rapper what does that mean oh I just rap about God and my music but you have no relationship with God so wow. that's basically just music with positive or godly lyrics in it so when i got saved one of the first things god started to do was he started taking a profanity out of my music because wow. my music decade or so yeah. ago bro i remember this one time i was playing uh, a cd for my family and i was like dang and they and they, they, they they surrounded the car they surrounded the car to listen to the song and it was like a bleep, bleep, bleep after like it was a line after line after line. Mm. I'm like, bro, I can't even make music for my family. So when I got saved, I was like, do I gotta stop rapping? And God was like, no, give me that. And then he sanctified and cleaned that up and he gave that purpose. Um wow. so yeah. it just live life governed by the gospel, bro. You know, you can't just be artist first and then christian last so it's christian first and then rapper last you know so that's that's what it is for me yeah and so another question that i have as well is you know what made you want to talk about you know mental health a lot especially how mental health isn't something that we really talk about here in the bahamas so what made you want to talk about mental health well uh 2008 the, the journey kind of began in 2018 2018 i you know i guess in a moment of transparency i experienced like this okay how do i say it without sounding judgmental 
okay, I, I experienced this form of church hurt. Um, it was church oh, yeah. hurt in the worst way. It wasn't, you know, someone preaching on me. <laughs> it wasn't someone um, talking about me. I yeah. experienced literal manipulation. And looking back at it now, I could even possibly <clears throat> say some level of violation as well. It was the worst it was the worst type of pain ever. And I, I had to resort to therapy yeah. to uh, get through that that phase. So when I sat down with the lady, um, well, first I went, I, I went, I started going to a therapist by accident. Um, I accidentally went to a therapist. And at that time, it was just to get an understanding mm-hmm. of me and why I do certain things. And then during my journey with the therapist, I got church hurt. So wow. I really that that therapist that wow. I accidentally went, I really needed her then, and she said to me on the first visit, she said, um, "Yeah, this is a lot of. Do you know that we can rewire your brain?" And this was the first time in my life at twenty seven years old, I heard that the brain could be retrained retrained. so i went on this brain spree i started down i downloaded a course on transforming the brain every day i would do the core activities i started reading articles i started watching videos and i'm like wait a minute so you're telling me that if i am an angry person that i could change it like the anger starts in the brain the impatience starts in the brain so i can actually start to make new decisions and actually change the pathways in my brain so that my natural responses can be different. And I was like, bro, I got to go and tell someone about this. So I started putting out music, <clears throat> some videos out on Instagram. Yeah. And my Instagram started taking off because of promotion. So like 13,000, about 40,000 uh, people as we speak worldwide. And I just started putting out that message. And yeah. it was like, wow, there are so many people that, 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 I've, that I've accepted certain behaviors not knowing that your brain only does what you tell it to do. Wow. If, so if you're a person that's naturally angry, it's because you've trained your brain to choose the first response. Yeah. So it's not, e- it's not easy, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, a lot of people don't go to the therapist, uh, go to therapy because they feel like therapy is only for crazy people. Like, why would I go to a therapist? Exactly. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Not knowing that anxiety is a mental thing. And wow. all us kind of struggle with that in a way. Depression, mental thing. Um, uh, phobias of different kinds and different sorts. That's a mental thing. But in the midst of it all, there's a steering wheel on your brain, for lack of better words. And you can tell it what, it, what to do. So I feel like a lot of people have just accepted this thing about them. Oh, I've always been an angry person for, for, for you know for the last twenty years. I've been an angry person. I'm stuck this way. No, wow, for the last yeah. 20, twenty years, you've just made your brain comfortable with always results resorting to anger. So even now in my everyday life, I have moments where I could almost sense my brain trying to respond in a way that it used to respond, and I could stop and say, "Hold on, wait a minute. You're not about to take this moment yeah. and make this big already mm-hmm. is." not going to choose anger. I'm going to choose love or I'm going to choose patience. And as you make yeah. new decisions, 
your brain now says, oh, okay, so he's not using anger. This doesn't eliminate the, the feeling or the emotion of anger, yeah. but it, it, it breaks the control of it. So now oh. if, I, if I get angry, it's because I chose it. And I feel like a lot of people have just accepted whatever condition they're in. But the brain, can, wow. bro, Google it right now. Google, can the brain be retrained? And you will be fascinated to know how, it's, it's not easy, but how possible it is, bro. And that right there for me personally, that is crazy to me. That is crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy because we are taught so much stuff. And the things we are taught, you, you know, I mean, makes us feel a certain way and, you know, makes us, you know, live a certain way. Because, you know, I've been taught a lot of stuff, you know, in church, outside of church with my grandparents, all those old sayings and stuff. And, you know, I had to, you know, um, take those things out of my mind and, you know, learn, be open. Let my mind be open because I was really, really close minded when I didn't know really what Christianity was and people was explaining it to it to me wrong. And, you know, while they were explaining Christianity, Christianity to me, they allowed, um, church, church to get in the way. They allowed their own opinions to get in the way. They allowed those, their own so-called prophetic words to get in the way. And so it really messed my brain up on, you know, who this God was. And so I want to ask you, how did you change your mindset and, you know, um, change your brain and change the way um, you do things and change the way you think. How did you do that? Well, it's still it's still a journey. Um, like just this week, I dropped the ball. Just this just this week, I waved the white flag, like giving up on the process. Like, man, your brain ain't gonna change. First of all, it's 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 hard work. Like if you study it, a lot of articles say that the best time to like develop new habits and retrain your brain is at a younger age. Yeah. So there's a there's this there's this debate that says the brain is more receptive to change when you're younger. But there's a counter um, there's a counter argument that says, hey, look, you know, mm. it might be harder for the older person. Yeah. But it is po- it is possible. So I feel like I've really grown in my awareness. Wow. There are times when. There was no moment to pause. Like there are moments now where I've grown in my awareness, and I've gotten to that place. Of course, you know I'm trying not to be spiritual because yeah. you never know what the, yeah. what the audience it is. It's been a lot of prayer. Yeah, um, bro, you could get you could get as spiritual as you want. You could get as deep as you want. This is a Christian podcast. That that is the label that this fall that, that this fall under. That's the category that we in. This is a Christian podcast. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So a lot of prayer, um, mindfulness, which is basically just breathing in through the nose, through the mouth, no, through the nose, and then breathing out from yeah. the mouth. Like there's a sign it. Like when you breathe in through the nose and like you hold for like 10 seconds and you breathe out slowly through the mouth, it actually calms like the nerves in your mind. So the part of your brain wow. that deals with the decision-making and the rational thinking, that's activated. And wow. like when you deal with anxiety or deal with like suicidal thoughts, so deal, deal with whatever brain issue that might cause you to be impulsive. I struggle yeah. with that too, being, trust me, bro, we about to get transparent. 
Um, I struggle with being defensive and impulsive. Yeah. So sometimes mm-hmm. I take correction as an attack. Sometimes I take a um, rejection as a rebuke. So I literally, in those moments, I got to tell my brain, hey, look, this is not a threat. This is just you having to learn something. You're not being attacked. Mm-hmm. So it's literally sometimes self-talk. Like, I feel like that emotion about the rare up to respond. And I say, mm-hmm. wait a minute, calm down. There is no real threat here. Yeah. All the person said, um, sometimes when you talk too long, you go off topic. They're not saying you're a bad speaker. They're not saying that you're terrible at what you do. Why are you drawing these conclusions? So I literally have to take a, a breath Whoa. in, breathe out, and say, "Okay, thank you for bringing that to my to my um, um bringing oh that to my, my understanding." I'm, that, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's 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 literally it's literally being aware. And guess what? When you've been, this is so crazy with the brain too, because I did I I did a I did like a course on it. Mm-hmm. The brain is just one big recorder. For some reason, bro, our brain does not forget the things that it needs to forget. I once heard a pastor right. say that sometimes the greatest place that you need healing is in your memory. Lord wow. Jesus, heal me. Um, so sometimes when you when you start, when you've began this cycle or pattern of responding differently, mm-hmm. your brain is so accustomed to always being impulsive and popping off. Your brain kind of sends a signal that says, wait a minute, you ain't get angry and curse nobody out or post any um, unnecessary statuses on Facebook. We need you to <laughs> yeah. get back there. Like, you're, like, because your brain has been so accustomed to that type of behavior, Yeah. when you start to be different, it's almost as if Whoa. your brain comes back and says, hey, it's been three months now and you haven't gotten angry. What are you doing? Yeah. And then you got to make it in that, hey, look, I've went three months without popping mm-hmm. off. And I got three more months after that and three more months after that. I'm continually choosing. So yeah. it's 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 willpower, bro, and it's, it's, it's free will. So my awareness level has gotten really, really better. And that has come being counseled and met and just reading. So, yeah, not easy, but it's doable. Wow, that is so... Bro, what you said, that was a mouthful because we really, we really need to, you know, retrain our brains, especially in these times and... I even remember, like, even now, like, um, I have a few friends, right? Well, associates, but yeah, they friends who I asked to come on the podcast and, you know, we usually exchange DMs and they didn't respond. One part of my mind wanted to say, you know what? I need to cut off this person. This person just, you know, they mean to know what I come on my podcast, but they just was on live with someone yesterday. Come on now. And the next side of my brain was like, okay, Tori, you don't even got to hurt your brain about it. You don't even got to stress about it. You don't even got to do a lot. Just chill. Probably they didn't see a message or maybe they was too busy. You know, just these things be going on in my brain. You know what I mean? And me actually controlling my brain on what I should think about and what I shouldn't because what I notice is, is the things that I think controls how I feel. It really, really controls how I feel. And so if, if maybe um, I give them the benefit before the doubt, it will make me feel better. Like, okay, but even though I'll be waiting on that message to get message back for about three years, I don't care. That just make me feel, you know, better and give them the benefit instead of, you know, giving them the doubt. I'm feeling angry. So 
another question that I have is how do we work on our mental health? Uh, bro, I think it's just a matter of you understanding what is toxic to you. Um, yeah. For me personally, I know that sometimes I can jump to conclusions too quick. Sometimes I can perceive things wrong. So for me, good mental health is not overreacting. It's not being reactive, but proactive. Yeah. Um, wow, that's really good. That's really, really good. For you, it might be not watching certain movies. Mm. For you, it, it might be muting certain WhatsApp groups. Yeah. So how I, that question was would be, what are the things that don't add to your growth? If it's not helping you grow, it's keeping you stuck. Change those wow. things. Wow, that is so good. You know what? I, I, I always say this to the guests. Every guest that comes on, I always say, bro or sis, I need to, you know, re-listen to this podcast. And it's because y'all be saying so much bomb things that I never even thought about. Wow. This is a bomb podcast. I really got to take notes after this. I got to record this. My, this ain't going to be um out. No time soon. I mean, like, yeah, it'll be out soon, but I mean, in a few weeks. But I need to go back and personally take some notes from this because I need to get my mental health right because I realize, you know, I don't know, like, from other people's country, whatever country you're in, I don't know if you experienced this, but here in the Bahamas, we don't really talk about mental health. I mean, we are constantly going through situations and being in relationships that are so toxic for our mental health and we're not taking care of it. You know, because it's not being discussed, it's not being brought up. They always talk about, oh, maybe it's because you have um, dysfunctional parents or a dysfunctional home or just blaming other things when it's just, you know, your mental health is damaged. You don't, you know what I mean? It's like you don't have to be going through a specific thing, you know, right now to be acting out at a certain time. And I just had to retrain my brain and I had to unlearn some stuff. Especially the things I've been taught. I have had to unlearn some stuff. Especially when my daddy died about two, three years ago. I had to unlearn a lot of stuff about death. Not seeing death as a bad thing. Like God, you know, just took away my daddy. And you know, like I must be mad at the world because he's not here. Like when when I tell people, and, and this might sound crazy, that I've gotten over that part of, you know, my life which is my daddy dying. I really got over that part about saying that, you know, he's dead, he's gone. And I'm now to the point of, you know, it's just um, a transformation from being on earth to being a spirit. That's how I see it. And, you know, especially, okay, this is why I feel like, like, um, th there is hurt there. There is hurt there. It's not like my heart is still complete or whatever without him. But I believe that because I spend so much time with my daddy and live in every moment and not just take everything for the gram and, you know, for social media. And because I spent a lot of time with him, we talked and I saw this coming because of his sickness. I felt like I was more so ready or prepared, even though it came as a shock. And one thing that I must say is that, you know, God really, God really pulled me because I was like, I was feeling so down and depressed and I was feeling so bad at one point. I just wanted to, and you all see this on TV, right? But I literally wanted to get a hoodie, put it over my head, lay on my couch and eat some ice cream for months. That's how I was feeling. Because, you know, like, 
sleeping on the couch sometimes. Looking at the door, 11.30 pass. When my daddy usually come home, 11.30 p.m. pass. I'm not seeing him open that door and saying, okay, Tariq, you can go to your bed or whatever. Just waiting on him, you know, waiting to watch a basketball game with him. Something, you know, that wasn't there anymore. And I was angry. I was upset. But now I could honestly say that I'm fulfilled because, you know, God has pulled me out of that state of mind. I can honestly say that I changed my mindset from that. And it's crazy because, you know, like people always say that death is not something that you can get over. And I understand it's something that you really can't get over, like completely get over. But I can honestly say that, you know, death is something that I actually understand now. And I can celebrate my daddy's life instead of, you know what I mean, being mad at God and saying, oh, you took my daddy away. Why must I preach your word? Why must I serve you when you took my father away? And so even though that was the one most um, difficult part of my life is like a part that I started grow. And then the, the creepy part about it is like all the time I've been speaking, like, God, you didn't expose me or give me no exposure or you men give me this word. You let me write in a book while my father was here. But all of a sudden, like when I, you know, experienced that part of my life, like gigs start coming in. I went on a show and then I just start, you know, blowing up. And what would really caught me up, God, even though this was one person. One person in Miami, Florida. And so I was in Publix, right? And they was like, oh, you was the little boy Farrington, right? It was the cashier who was in Publix. And then even though she even though she was a Bahamian as well, I, I still feel, you know, I still feel good. Because, you know, you in the States, I say I international now. Nobody could step to me. Nobody could talk to me. I international now, bro. And so, yeah, that was one of the most, you know, um, heart-wrenching parts and another thing that i talked about in my book as well with, was uh did like this right here i think that this was worse than my daddy's death when i experienced you know my daddy cheating on my mommy and i talk about it in the book and when i experienced this i feel like i was losing my mind especially how it was so public and especially how the neighbors used to you know come at me and say bro like last night you was okay what was going on what all that noise was then the people in school talking about it and stuff like that was like, you know, so heart wrenching. Like I was depressed in that moment, really, really depressed in that moment. And I just could say that that was the most, you know, heart wrenching time of my life other than my father dying. I think that's one of the top, you know, moments that I could remember of being depressed because like my family, you know, when you small, you just have this picture in your mind that, you know, perfect family, everything, everything going good or whatever. And just, you know, you had this bad news. And then a part of me wanted to, you know, say, daddy, you know, I forgive you. Another part of me, I know I rambling on, right? But you know, yeah. But one part of me wanted to say, daddy, I forgive you. Another part of me wanted to say, daddy, come here. Let me knock your head off. <laughs> so yeah, you know, mindset, that's a big thing. But I just want to say, bro, thank you so much. For coming on the podcast i really enjoyed this conversation and you know this podcast you know just impacted me just sitting here interviewing you about mental health and all of that and you know i want to say another thing in christianity in christianity mental health is not a big thing as well we think that we must you know just go to god for everything you know pray about this, pray about that that has messed me up so much because i've been praying to god and i'm like like god why is this why isn't this working on why isn't that working da, da, da. you know what i mean when my mother was sick i was praying about it and i was like god i've been praying to you for months and she still have this pain god was like okay sorry 
you prayed. Now it's time for you to go to the doctor with a duh. You know what I mean? Just just like <laughs> things like that. And you know, ah, um, that's good. Yeah, yeah. But have oh, you been bro. in the point? Have you been in the place of your life where you just you know prayed about everything and didn't you know actually take action? Bro, you always whenever me and you have conversations of any sort, you always say, "Oh man, that conversation blessed me." Or, "Oh man, that quote blessed me." <laughs> bro, what you said just now is actually, I perceive it as the actual mouthpiece of God. Like, you literally was used by God. Like, you've been used by God throughout this entire conversation. But what you said just now is confirmation, bro. That has been my conversations with God for the last week. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, the, exact, the exact thing that you said. Oh, you've been praying. What's next? Go to the doctor. Duh. Because you're not going to yeah. know if your prayer, your prayer worked if you didn't go to the doctor. Thank and you. if you go to the doctor, you go to the doctor and the doctor says something that contrary to your prayer. Um, wisdom you. would say, oh, take the medicine. Taking the medicine doesn't mean that your prayer doesn't didn't get answered. Taking the medicine is just wisdom. Right. So what happens is this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down because if you be, and I'll be, and I'll be wrapping up. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is a help per. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is a help her. Meaning, we have to give him something to help. Yeah. Dr. Mas, Dr. Masmano said it like this. You're having a meeting. Yeah. And at the end of the meeting, the meeting is not productive. And you feel like the meeting was a failure. And you go to God. And you say, God, well, why didn't you show up with the meeting? He said, God is going to reply. You, di- you didn't have an agenda. You didn't have any notes. You didn't have a plan. So what do you want me to do? You want me to come in and enforce the plan? No. I am a helper. Yeah. When, I- when Adam, when Eve, before Eve was given to Adam, Adam had an assignment. Mm-hmm. All he needed was help. So God created a help meet for him. Yeah. So when you pray, God, change my attitude. He's not going to show up the next day and force you to change because he is not a rapist. Yeah, yeah. The Holy Spirit yeah. is not a rapist. So this is what we do. God, help me. Father, please help me to save, 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 uh, save more money. Stop making bad decisions. Oh my! You go buy, yeah. You go buy something. You have five dollars change. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna go to the convenience store next, next, next door. You go to the convenience store, spend the five dollars, eat the snack or whatever, and go in condemnation. God, this you ain't helping me. And God is like, wow. You intentionally use your free will. Mm-hmm. To take the $5 yeah. and go to the store, and are you blame me? The Holy Spirit is a helper. So this, so, long, so in, a, in a nutshell, <clears throat> the, we, we use our free will to make the right choices, and the Holy Spirit <clears throat> helps us to make choices consistent. Mm. The Holy Spirit is how you stay consistent. Mm. He is the helper. So you need, you want a better, you want, you want oh, God, this prayer has messed everybody up. 
God teach me how to love, boy. Ooh. Pray that prayer. It's going to start with things like this. Hey, can I have a piece of your food? Hey, can I no. borrow a dollar? All things like that. Yeah, You're going to make the decision to say, sure, I have $2. Here's a dollar. Mm. Okay, I have two pieces of, of meat. Okay, you can have one, right? Yeah. And what the Holy Spirit does is he looks at the way that he looks at the way that you're using your free will to honor him. Mm-hmm. And then he helps you to be consistent. His job is to help you into consistency. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is so I hope everyone, you know, taking this in. If you ain't taking this and you like, you know, press that same button that says, you know, go back, you know, 10, 10 seconds back, and y'all just go, hey, what he just said. That was so good, bro. That was so good. That was so good. And, you know, these prayers that we pray, you know, really mess us up. And I've heard a lot of people say, you know, prayer don't work. And I was like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, like when you pray those prayers, Lord, do this for me. Lord, do it. Okay. I've heard people pray this prayer before. Lord, save me out of this and save me out of that. And God sends someone and you say, no, I wait on God. Oh Me for God to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for God to show up in their face. And I was like, okay, don't you think that God sent that person to help you? Another thing as well is, you know, and I know this is off topic, but I just want to mention this. For the people who didn't get the message that I posted, you know, recently about, you know, knowing who your provider is. And I was basically saying that, you know, God is my provider. And, you know, lately since the coronavirus, you know, um, yeah. Everybody has been depending on a stimulus check, not knowing who's their provider. And some people have actually been, you know, crying out to God. But it's like, I want people to know who are their provider instead of, you know, like changing who they they want to be their provider. Because first, their job was their provider. Everybody, you know, was trying to hustle and this and that to get more money. Now, everybody fighting for a stimulus check. And I believe... Especially in this time, you know, God is showing himself. So good. Showing who is in control. And because he's showing himself and who's in control, it's like, if you don't want to believe in God, you just, you just don't want, at this point, you just don't want to believe in God. At this point, you just don't want to see him because he's showing that he's in control. He's showing that. And, and the thing about it was so crazy is he shows that, you know, he can stop the world. And when he did that, you know, he didn't cause the coronavirus, but he can work through it. He can use this for his glory. You know what I mean? He can turn with the enemy meant for evil into good. And that is so mind blowing. And, you know, it, you know, this pandemic answered all the questions I had. Why? Because I spent time with him. I spent time with him. And, you know, talking to my peers. I've been talking to my peers a lot, you know, about Christianity and about God. Because, you know, these people coming out with these prophetic prophecies have been, you know, leaving them with um, these thoughts of who they think God is. And ex- except for, you know, not going to the Bible and saying who he actually is, but using these prophecies to, you know, paint a picture of who God is. And for some of us young people, um, God hasn't been a good person. He hasn't been a loving father. The picture that we that we have in our head, he's not. None of those things. 
But this is why I always tell my parents that he is a loving father. He sent Jesus so that you could have another chance and all of these different things. You, you know what? Like this podcast, just this, this is a fire podcast. This is a fire podcast. You know what I mean? The best podcast fire, in the world. Fire, fire. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, yeah. Needed, I needed to hear that. That's real good. Yeah. Especially, good. especially with the provider thing. Like many times we feel as though, you know, God just helped me and you know, this and that. The thing about it is what I was explaining to my cousin the other day. Right, God is our provider. Sometimes we need to let God use us. Because when it says in the Bible, um, my people should not lack and stuff like that, I believe that it really was talking about he places people here. If you call yourself a so-called Christian and a believer, you should be the hands and feet of God to be able to give to make sure as people don't lack. Good. Man, oh my oh my gosh, you're supposed to be the hands and feet of God to make sure that other people don't lack. Whether it's lacking knowledge, lacking money, whatever. But I mean this thing of, you know, people just want to hold on to what God gave you. And it can't multiply because when you get it, you're always talking about mine. Like us Christians really need to get out of that. And I find myself doing that a lot. And I got out of it. I mean, like when I even had this little summer job or whatever, I wasn't making anything, but it was like, um, $250 every two weeks and I was like mine I didn't want to give in the church I didn't want to use it for no gifts and talents God said that I was gonna um you know have I didn't want it to you know work on my business none of that it was just for me but yeah I just wanted to say that hey. but thank you so much bro for coming on the podcast I really enjoyed this conversation um I have I to listen that. to this I have to listen to this back again you know what I mean Boy, I tell you, I have to listen to this back again and I have to, you know, um, get the same pencil and notebook that I have right here and take some notes. Thank you so much. And everyone who's listening, Appreciate if you made it this thanks. far, yeah, if you made it this far into the podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the number one podcast in the world. Ain't nobody got to validate us. I hear God say that. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, the number one podcast in the world, you know what I mean? I try my best to bring you know, inspirational, inspire, inspiring, um, spiritual people that can actually help you um, in your walk with God in your life. And this is the first podcast we ever had with someone talking about, you know, mindset and the brain. And that's crazy. That's really crazy. I got to retrain this brain. I could do this in quarantine. But yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. See you all in the next episode.